Welcome to the Great Loop Radio podcast, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. I'm Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today we are going to talk about uh, crowdsourcing navigation information, marina reviews, anchorage reviews, and how important that really is. Uh, this is based on this coming up in the AGLCA members discussion forum a week or two ago. Um, and it's a great point. There are certainly not enough people out there contributing to these review sources. So we've brought in Ted Staley with Waterway Guide. He's going to give us the lowdown on how to use Waterway Guide to provide those types of reviews and information. So we'll jump in with Ted in just a minute. First, I want to take a moment, as always, to recognize and thank our Admiral Level sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, Great Loop Yacht Sales, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage you to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And speaking of Skipper Bob Guides and Waterway Guide Media, I want to introduce Ted Staley. He is the Senior Advisor for Waterway Guide Media and also the Skipper Bob Editor. So Ted, welcome back to Great Loop Radio. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, and Ted has been a longtime um, Great Loop member. He has served on our advisory council. Um, he is a gold looper in and of his own right and has lots of sailing experience. But I'm going to um, let you go ahead, Ted, and just kind of give people a little bit about your cruising background and yourself and Audrey. Well, not to bore anybody, but uh, Audrey <laughs> and I started the serious boating, if you will, in the mid-1970s when we lived on the Chesapeake Bay. Um, we cruised there for a number of years, even, even though we moved away from the bay. Eventually, after doing the loop, uh, we brought our boat or one of our vessels uh, to the rivers in Cincinnati, Ohio, where we live. For a number of years, we cruised the river system and the Gulf Coast. Uh, after doing that, we returned to the Chesapeake Bay and about five or six years ago, determined that after about 40 plus years of voting, uh, we would uh, move on to other things. Uh, during that time, we went through six vessels, uh, three sailboats, and three powerboats. Wow. And what year did you and Audrey do the loop? 1998. 98. So for all of you who think it's challenged now with all of the electronics and apps and everything else we have, just one of these days, Ted, we'll have to have you and Audrey on just to talk about that, simply the difference um, between looping then and now, because it certainly has changed substantially. It, it has changed substantially. And um, going back to uh, being prepared or preparing for the, the loop at that time, uh, we went uh, with another couple uh, who happened to own the marina where we uh, kept our vessel on the Chesapeake Bay. Um, his wife and Audrey spent about a year uh, doing uh, research, limited online at that time, lots of phone calls, and it took us about a year to prepare for the trip. Yeah. And a lot of people do still spend that kind of planning time, but there's now I think they're spending that time wading through the mountains of information that are available <laughs> rather than trying to find the information. So um, certainly some differences, um, although in that time frame, Waterway Guide has always been there um, from long before you even started cruising. So tell us a little bit. I know you had a, a full career before your tenure with Water Guide, but tell us how you came to work with Waterway Guide. Well, uh, after we completed the loop, 
which we began and ended on the Chesapeake Bay, uh, we decided to move a vessel to the Cincinnati area. Uh, we had done the loop in a 46 Grand Banks, which at that time was a slow trawler, about six to eight knot trawler. And we wanted a vessel that could better operate on the river system, particularly going against the uh, the uh, flow of the, the, the river. So we bought a Californian motor, motor yacht, moved it to Cincinnati, cruised the rivers and the Gulf Coast for a number of years, and then returned to the Chesapeake Bay. And one of our trips on the bay, we stopped at Regatta Point in Deltaville, which at that time was Dozier's Regatta Point, and Jack Dozier was the publisher of Waterway Guide. Uh, when we checked in, we, of course, put Cincinnati as our residence, and because we were out of state, not from the bay, Jack thought we were on the loop. That led to a conversation of he had some information relative to the Chicago to Mobile run that he wanted us to review. Uh, we reviewed that, indicated that in our opinion, it needed a little uh, tweaking, if you will. So we did that for him. One thing led to another. And here I am still doing Waterway Guide. <laughs> yeah. So from that respect, even before you know crowdsourcing was a term that was used frequently, Waterway Guide really was written for and by boaters. So Jack didn't sit there on the Chesapeake and try to compose the entire waterway system. He's relied on on people like you, right? So tell us a little bit about the history of, of Waterway Guide. Well, that that's true. Waterway Guide began in 1947 uh, with one guide. Uh, it evolved or has evolved over the years into a series of 10 Waterway Guide editions. Of course, the website, uh, apps, and of course, we now produce the Skipper Bob, uh, 10 titles of Skipper Bob. Waterway Guide has always used on the water cruising editors. And we continuously uh, go reach out and hire people who are cruising specific geographic areas and have them write for Waterway Guide. So even in today's environment where there's um, the crowdsourcing that you mentioned, we still have a staff of cruising editors who are out on the water. And in some instances, they are people that are on the loop. Yes. So it, it's got a rich history of having accurate and timely information. Um, how often is each book updated? Annually. Mm -hmm. Every book, uh, with the exception of the Cuba Guide, uh, every book is updated annually. Yeah. And I, I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, um, waterwayguide.com. If you go to the website, the Waterway Guide Explorer is kind of front and center right there. And I use that almost daily to answer questions for people who want to know, you know, specific tidbits. Um, so I, I definitely recommend it when you're planning your Great Loop to really use that as a resource because you can see mileages, you know, you can determine mileages, you can see bridge heights. Um, and Waterway Guide is, is kind as a sponsor and partner of ours to allow us to show some of those icons on our own Great Loop map. Um, but it's really a great resource, Ted. So I'm sure it, it's gained a lot of traction over the past few years. And I would say that, that in addition to being a planning tool, it mm -hmm. has become a very good information tool and educational tool because on the website, in addition to the Explorer planning guide, if you will, 
there's an information center, there's an education center, there's how-to videos. So it's an excellent resource for all voting aspects. Yeah. And, you know, I should mention, or we didn't intend this to be a commercial for a waterway guide, but I'm really pretty passionate about this product, so I kind of can't help it. Um, if you do not want to carry the series of 10 books on your boat for the loop, there is an app that contains the same information that you can purchase as well. And AGLCA members get a pretty substantial discount on the waterway guide products. So definitely check those out. But really kind of the topic at hand today, um, as I said, a, a discussion came up in our forum for our members just a week or two ago about how important it is and how helpful it is to everyone if more of us would contribute reviews of anchorages and marinas. And that kind of got me thinking. Um, you know, most of you probably know if you've been on the water that Active Captain is one source for this. Um, waterway Guide is another great source. And it's kind of different because Waterway Guide does a lot to vet those reports. And Ted is the man who does that. But let's kind of start from the beginning. If someone is out there on the water, they have a fabulous experience at an anchorage, for example, um, what's the process like to add a review of that anchorage to Waterway Guide? Well, adding the review is, is very simple uh, from a user uh, aspect, it, whether it's a marina review or an anchorage review, a bridge lock review or whatever, if the user opens the full listing, there will be a prompt where they can, you know, post a review when they click on that prompt, it opens up a text box. They complete the review and submit it. Uh, that review comes to me. Uh, depending on the type of review, my review process is a little different. If it's a marina review and it's straightforward, um, it's generally processed the same day it's submitted. And, and sometimes it's a matter of minutes from the time it's submitted from the time I see it. If the review contains facts about the marina has fuel or has other amenities, I will go take that information and go look at our waterway guide explore listing to make sure our listing is up to date with what's contained in that review. So in terms of a marina review, if it's, if it's straightforward and positive, the review process is very quick. If it's a negative review and it's done properly, the review process can be also very quick. Uh, what we ask for in reviews is, is that they be um, um, done tastefully, they're objective, they're factual, they don't contain vile comments, and that the submitter does not go on a rampage against either marina staff or marina owners. Um, your use or all users should know that all marina reviews go to the facility for their view, and in many cases they reply. So while negative reviews will be posted, if they aren't in good taste or done properly, they will be rejected. In the case of Anchorage reviews, uh, if someone mentions depth, uh, I will generally ask. Uh, what the tide state was at the time. If they talk about depth under the keel, I'll ask how they measure the depth, whether it's from the bottom of their keel or from the water line. If they don't mention going ashore um, uh, possibilities, I may inquire about that. So 
the review process uh, includes my going through and and trying to tweak what has been submitted. Yeah, and that's really um, you know very fair to both the reviewer and the marina or anchorages um and i don't think you see that a lot um in crowdsourcing regardless of the the platform it's on um someone taking the time to do that so we certainly appreciate waterway guides efforts there and i know from previous discussions with you ted that you've even received you know reviews of marinas and then investigated and found out the reviewer didn't even stay at that marina so uh, that, it's certainly a correct. very important process to really properly vet these um, and it results in great information for everyone then to use. But what is really important is having lots and lots of people contribute to this. So, um, Ted, if you've set up the app to allow it to know your location, you pretty much, when you open up the app, you find the anchorage or the marina that you're at front and center because it knows where you right. are, correct? So if right. you are inclined to submit a review, uh, you know, I know the amount of time it will take is somewhat dependent on how much you have to say. Um, but how long on average would you say it takes somebody to submit a review? Is it a few, you know, a minute or two? Is it 10 minutes? No, no, no. I would say that uh, most of the time it would be a two or three minute process. Okay, excellent. So really unless not you too... want to go into, unless you wanted to go into a lot of detail, right. which some users do. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one of the, the fields that I believe Waterway Guide has that others do not for um, anchorages is cell coverage. So for those of us who work aboard, um, before we had the Starlink, if we were going to anchor, it was really important to us to know if that anchorage Correct. was too remote to expect cell coverage. So for those of you working aboard and relying, or even not working, but just relying on cell service, it's really kind of a, a great point to have there. And, and users can just give it a number of stars, essentially, on cell service, but also a whole number of other factors. Let's take a quick break and play a message from one of our sponsors. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about some of the other types of um, markers and information that Waterway Guide includes in their tools. So, um, Ted, if that's good with you, we'll be back in a moment. Pebble Isle Marina is the perfect stop for AGLCA members to enjoy docktails, conveniently located in a sheltered harbor on the Tennessee River at mile marker 96. The marina's 600-plus feet of transient dockage offers slips convenient to all amenities and can accommodate boats of all styles and sizes up to 100 feet in length. Our fuel dock offers ethanol-free gas and high-speed diesel pumps with a ship store for supplies. Our floating seasonal restaurant offers beautiful views of Kentucky Lake from the patio. Check out the Pebble Isle website for details of special offers for AGLCA members. Winter Harbor Marina is located on the Oneida River, 1.5 miles west of Oneida Lake in Brewerton, New York, just minutes from Syracuse International Airport. Winter Harbor offers the lowest diesel fuel and gas prices from New York City to Canada. If you find a lower posted documented price, they will match it. Their amenities include complimentary courtesy vehicle, 24-hour pay-at-the-pump fueling, dockside water and cable TV, pristine bathrooms and showers, and emergency haul-out service. For more information, call 315-676-9276 or visit www.winterharborllc.com. Winter Harbor is a proud commander sponsor of AGLCA. 
We're back on the Great Loop Radio podcast. My guest today is Ted Staley. He is with Waterway Guide and Skipper Bob, and he is the man who reviews all of the posts, um, the marina and Anchorage reviews. They go straight to Ted, and he um, really does a lot of work to vet those and make sure that they are fair and accurate and factual. Um, And we've kind of covered the marinas and the anchorages, but a great piece of Waterway Guide's detail is also your navigation alerts. So kind of tell us about how those are populated. Well, the primary source of what I post on Explore is either from the Coast Guard notice to mariners or broadcast notice to mariners, or from the U.S. Corps of Engineers uh, notices that go out on a regular basis. I monitor all of the Coast Guard um, um, installations, and I monitor uh, the applicable Corps of Engineers uh, websites. And when I say applicable, applicable, I'm talking about in the areas that Waterway Guide covers. Uh, during the cruising season, if you will, I get additional information from the New York Canal System, from the Parks Canada websites, from the Canadian Coast Guard, and from the um, Canadian waterways, i.e. Trans-Severn, Rideau, Richelieu, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, in addition, there are times when I go on the various state Department of Transportation websites, or I may go to a local community website to find out uh, information on bridges or whatever. So those are the primary resources. User data is also very, very important. So um, a lot of those, you know, notice to mariners and things like that that you're including have an expiration date. But one of the complaints that came up in our forum about some of the crowdsource platforms was that uh, some of those uh, notices, or I'm sorry, some of the markers that are, you know, notifying of a, an obstruction or a shoaling, never expire. How does Waterway Guide handle those? And that's a that's a difficult process. Mm-hmm. Um, for an, a nav alert that's put up w- without an expiration date, uh, we have a weekly report that I receive that shows all of the navigation alerts that we have posted that do not have an expiration date. I periodically go through that listing and try to go back onto Explore and take those alerts down that are no longer in effect. But I'm far from perfect. It's a huge task. So what I do is what I put up an alert that does not have an expiration date, I ask users to submit a review or tell me if that alert is no longer applicable. So this is again where crowdsourcing and user feedback is very, very important. Right. So then in addition uh, to nav alerts that are coming directly from some of the different authoritative sources, you do also take those from users. So for example, I think it was Bashi Creek recently, it was reported, that might have even been the discussion that started this on the forum about the crowdsourcing, but um, you know, a tree was down near the entrance and we just came by there not too long ago and noticed the tree was still there, but I hear it's been removed. But those are the kind of things you are um, able to submit as a user and that you encourage, correct? Correct. Correct. And, and, and shoaling. If, if, if a cruiser goes through an area and discovers shoaling, uh, we definitely want to know about it. Now, one of the things I will do if someone submits 
a, a report of showing. Uh, I will double check that uh, versus a Corps of Engineers um, uh, showing reports. And, and uh, I will also make certain uh, that the user or the submitter was in the channel uh, when they discovered the showing. Right, always helpful. <laughs> um, but you know, in all seriousness, particularly as we start to move towards the fall and then this year's fleet of loopers will start their way down the river system a little bit later than normal. Um, but depending on which prediction you choose to listen to, it's predicted to potentially be a very low water year again on the river system like it was last year. And the Mississippi right. was, you know, if you remember news reports, historic lows last year. That makes all those shoaling reports and obstructions and things like that all the more important. So, if, you know, I encourage all of the loopers who are in the next few months getting ready to head into those rivers, be using the resources available to you to check on that shoaling, but also pay that forward. <laughs> um, and if you find shoaling where it's not reported, certainly report it and, you know, give Ted that information that he needs if there's been a, a, a spot reported as having an issue. If you come through and it's perfect, certainly let him know that as well if it's back to chart depth. Um, you know, it really is something that helps everyone. And I myself need to do a much better job as we're cruising around of submitting some reviews. So, um, you know, any other thoughts, Ted, um, besides, you know, us trying to uh, explain how important it is and how we're really helping each other out by posting the reviews? Any other thoughts on what might inspire people to uh, really get involved in this process? Well, I think that um, knowing that crowdsourced information is important. I think submitting what you see in real time on the waterway certainly helps your fellow boaters in planning or enjoying their travels. And it also helps us keep our Explorer website as current as possible. I work the website seven days a week trying to make certain that the information we have on there is reliable, is accurate, and is current. Any help I can get from your members is most appreciated. Yes, and we will certainly encourage everybody to do that. A couple other things, um, Ted, that I kind of thought of while we were talking. One is we've talked a lot about Waterway Guide, the Explorer, the app, um, and submitting the reviews through Waterway Guide. But the Waterway Guide icons are also displayed on a few other very popular tools for navigating. So tell us where else we'll find data that, well, you know, this crowdsourcing gets, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're on Aquamap, they're on um, the AGALCA website, mm -hmm. and there's a couple of other navigation software programs that they're available on. I don't recall offhand what they are right now, but yeah, um, that's that's fine. And AGLCA site does include uh, many of them, um, anchorages, bridges, locks, those kinds of things that are really helpful for planning. Um, but Aquamap is one for sure that many loopers are using. Aquamap is another AGLCA sponsor that also offers a discount to members. Um, but so you can access this crowdsourced information directly through Aquamap, which you may already be using for navigation. So I wanted to make sure I made that clear that you don't have to go to a separate source while you're navigating to see this, the crowdsourcing is flowing through to what you're probably already using. Um, the other thing we didn't touch on, Ted, that I'd love to talk about for just a minute since we have some time left um, are the fuel pricing reports because we have literally saved thousands of dollars on our loop by using those. So if you don't mind telling us just a little bit about what Waterway Guide's fuel price reports are and how they're curated, that would be great. 
Well, we report fuel pricing on about 800 marinas. And these are marinas that have agreed to provide pricing to us. Um, the marina has the ability to update their fuel pricing on a real-time basis any time they like. However, um, what we do is on a weekly basis, we on a Monday morning, I send out a reminder that it's time for the marina to update their pricing. If they haven't done so by Tuesday morning, they get a follow-up. Um, by Tuesday afternoon, those that have not updated their pricing, uh, we have a gentleman who starts making calls. And so every marina that's on our fuel pricing report is called and the pricing is updated at least weekly. We and also that's a try huge benefit, yeah. Right, and we also try in reporting that price um, and we try to include all of the discounts that may be offered, not only to AGLCA, but Boat US or, mm -hmm. or whatever. And if one of your members uh, is out cruising and sends in a review that includes fuel pricing, that pricing will be verified and then posted in the fuel price report on Waterway Guide. So I yeah, encourage so again, Super useful. So um, fuel pricing mm -hmm. when you fuel up. Yeah. And it once you uh, find that on the Waterway Guide site, which is linked right from the homepage, you can sort that by location, um, you know, different segments, and then by location or by name. Um, you can also subscribe to email alerts of those changing prices. So we, as I said, we used that a lot. And last summer in particular, when fuel prices were probably at an all-time high or close to it, at least, um, we found, you know, a dollar plus differences between marinas within a short distance from each other. Um, and when you're taking on 450 gallons, saving a dollar per gallon is worth going a few minutes out of the way for. That <laughs> burned us a couple of times. We, we ended up at one marina that was, um, I don't know, like maybe a 50 cent savings, which sounded huge um, and got there. It was somewhere on the Chesapeake. I don't remember exactly where, but it was a small boat marina. Um, which was fine. The depth was fine for us to get in and out, but the pump was extremely slow. They were used to putting, you know, maybe 20 gallons in a boat. So I think it took us several hours to fuel. Um, <laughs> still saved the money, but lost lost a good bit of time, but um, such great information. Um, so we appreciate all that you do, Ted, and all that your colleagues at Waterway Guide do to help keep us informed. And once again, we just encourage everybody who's out there cruising to contribute to these reviews. It helps everyone. Um, so if you're using the reviews, if you haven't, certainly check them out. And um, if you find them helpful, then pay it forward and submit some yourself. Uh, and, and if anyone has any questions relative to how to post a review or how to post a new nav alert or a new anchorage, whatever, Feel free to contact me, tstaley at waterwayguide.com. As I say, I work the site seven days a week, so well, I'll visit. I, and I know that you also enjoy retirement, Ted, besides working the site seven days a week, um, but we certainly appreciate your efforts. Well, enjoying retirement, I try to play golf five days a week. Mm -hmm. And I, I just hope to have the kind of retirement that you're having, Ted, one of these days. But thanks. Give our best to Audrey as well. And thank you for sharing Absolutely. all of this information today. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. And Bye, thank you to everyone. everyone who has watched or listened today. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Great Loop Radio podcast. Until then, safe cruising. <laughs>